Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Broken Veteran Podcast with me, Mark Wallace, and him, me. Stuart Davis. Right, Stu? I'm good. You? Yeah, yeah. 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 We were meant to be joined tonight by someone else who... Uh... Come say hi, Paul. Oh. Oh, oh no. Oh. no. Not here. Not here again. <laughs> That's twice he stood me up. If he was... Do you know if was, that was a chick, mate? The, the kick to the curb. No, I don't know. He'd have one more chance, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good looking enough, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were meant to have Colin here. The whole podcast was meant to be about adversity, um, but we've had to scratch that because uh, he's not turned up again. We can't get him on the phone. Um, we're going to blitz him when we see him. Yeah, off grid. Yeah, and um, he might, uh, no one might see him again. Mm. <laughs> you know, mm. it, a Mercedes Vito might pull up beside him <laughs> and he get dragged off the street. You just you just never know how these things turn out. You find his find his body dumped somewhere. So yes, we have absolutely no plan for the podcast tonight. Off so the cuff. it is an off the cuff podcast. So uh, I did a run this morning. Five k. Greg's. I did Greg's this morning. You two, did two Greg's. No, no, no. No, I'm off the Greg's. I'm, I'm a intermittent fasting. Oof. It sounds posh, but it just means I can't eat for 16 hours and then have an eight-hour window. So between 12 and 8, 12 at night. Yeah, 12 in the, the day and 8 o'clock at night, um, I can eat. But then out of them hours, I can only have coffee and water. So you can just smash it for eight hours? It's, yeah, and I don't know. It's, it's mainly... Keep like a keto sort of thing, mm-hmm. like uh, greens and, and meats. Sounds fun. Not, not the best, to be <laughs> honest. But uh, I weighed myself the other night and it was 95 kilograms, which is up 10, 10 kilograms since the start of lockdown. So just before we went into lockdown, I did that jiu-jitsu competition and weighed in at uh, 85 kilograms, and I'm now 95 kilograms. So, so maybe uh, lockdown wasn't great for me. Not great. So, I don't think it's been great for anybody, has it? No, no, <laughs> it really hasn't. Surprising, really, because all the fast food things closed. Yeah, it's amazing the amount of things you can. Do you know what it is? It's it's alcohol. It's it's the amount of alcohol intake. You, you do like a lot of that. Well, yeah, it, there's it's finding the um, the off switch when when once you start it because they just go down too nice. And then obviously you bought me a bottle of whiskey for my birthday. Yeah. My sister Kelly bought me a bottle of whiskey for my birthday. There's not many calories in whiskey, surely. No, there is. And if you open it up, if you open that box up, you'll see that um, it some of it's gone already. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm so I'm fat. It's official. Uh, you always were. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was never really skinny. <laughs> I was never really a, like a, a skinny kid. Um, but I was always able to run. So I went for a run this morning. I did a 5K best effort, 33 minutes. Not impressed with that either because I used to be able to do that a lot faster. I'm just feeling sorry for myself, if I'm honest. <laughs> just massively sorry for myself. Did that make it worse? Well, it made me want to eat, you know, peanut M&Ms. <laughs> Greg's. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I, I laid off them. Um, also, on Sunday... Uh, took the kids up, well, I took the wife and the kids up Penifan, their first, their first mountain, their first big, big walk, should we say, and talk about adversity. I've never, <laughs> I've never seen people feel so sorry for themselves. Yeah, so they weren't impressed. They weren't impressed at the fact that I got them up at half six on a Sunday. Now, bear in mind, they're only... 10 and 7, or 11 and 7. So I can understand to a certain extent that what I know, if you don't get there before 8 o'clock, you ain't getting parked. We have to park in the road, and then it's even more dangerous, you know? So I got them up early. Uh, I wasn't sure Mary was gonna, was even going to partake, but she eventually did. The weather forecast, of course, said it was going to be sunny, but, uh, you know, it's bright. we know, we know. So 
waterproofs were packed. Uh, seven litres of water. For some reason, I brought seven litres of water, and we probably drank <laughs> two between the four of us. But it obviously made that uh, a bit of weight on the back as well. And um, we went with a friend and their, their two and her two sons, uh, and we cracked on, and we probably got 100 metres up from... Um, we didn't go story arms way. We went... Burger van up. Yeah. Burger van up, yeah. And uh, we got about 100 metres, and they were already lagging behind. <laughs> and we, it wasn't a fast pace. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't trying to kill them, you know, because it would probably kill me. Essentially, they're fitter than me. We got about 100 metres up and they started dropping behind. So I'm having a sort of run back down the, the 10, 10, 20 metres, grab my other hands, get, you know, get up here, get to the front. Probably <laughs> could have climbed it twice. Yeah, it probably did. And then they lagged behind again. And then we, I think we were about halfway up. And Darby Rose said, no, no, I'm not going any further. I said, well, do you want to go down? No, I want to sit here. <laughs> so we had a, you know, a quick briefing. And at this point, it's obviously getting busy now. There's a lot of people up and so many people coming down at that hour of morning. It's crazy. But a lot of people going up, a lot of people passing us. And I said to the rest of them, just go on, leave her with me and, and I'll I'll sort it out. Um, but I ended up sort of throwing over a fireman's lift and probably for about, 50 metres with her over my shoulder to the point where she was like, okay, put me down now because it, it was embarrassing <laughs> for her. Um, when you get near the top, there's that false peak. Yeah. That nearly broke them. That's like the, the front of the saddle. In it. Yeah, yeah. So that, that nearly broke them. Yeah. <laughs> and we were in the clouds at that point, so they couldn't even see the top. So they didn't know how far it was. And I said, it's, you know, no, you got, it's literally there. It's literally there. You're there. <laughs> it, we powered on. We got to the top. We had our picture. If you follow me on social media, you'll see it on there. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, <laughs> Liam was buzzing that he got to the top and he was all happy to pose with the, the stone. Darby Rose at this point still wasn't, still wasn't impressed. Although I made her stand beside <laughs> me while we had the picture, she, she was not impressed with our being there. But then... Pretty much ran the whole way down. Yeah, good way to get home. <laughs> yeah. On the way down, it did start hammering down as well. We were soaked by the time we got to the car. And then um, there was people waiting to get in my car parking space. And I'm like, I'm not I'm not moving until my admin is sorted. These boots are coming off. I'm putting some dry kit on, sorting out the kids. And you could see just impatience. Like, no, wait. You've had your turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait. <laughs> Wait till I'm done. But it, it just gone. It just went to show like how sheltered their life. When I was when I was ten or eleven, I'd been up loads of like loads of mountains. Oh yeah, I'd been on loads of walks. That that's what we we did when we we go on a walk somewhere or you go, you know, you go out and be out. The fact that you know, if it, if I'd have brought a tablet and they were doing. I don't know, Pokemon, hunting for Pokemon. They would probably have ran up that if yeah. they thought it was a Pokemon. All day. But the fact that I was just making them walk. And I brought I brought binos with me as well. But you can't see from quite the top. <laughs> Picked a fine day for it. Like. So it was so it was completely pointless. Um but they did it. Liam wants to do another one now, he wants to do Sugarloaf or something like that. That's alright. So he's into it, she's that's it. That's a lot easier than Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you could do sugarloaf in, in trainers. You could run up it. And, oh. yeah. So he he you know he wants to do that one. So that was that was the, the, the you know the weekend. But it got me thinking about childhood and what you did as a child and you know where where your life where where you found fun. You know. So when I was little, um, and. Probably not a lot of people that serve with knew this, know or know this. I, I grew up in Northern Ireland in the eighties, so yeah, I was born in I was I was born in um, in England when I was six. My dad died, and my mum who and mum and dad were both from Northern Ireland, both Irish Catholics, and we my mum decided it was you know the best thing for her and and me and my two sisters was to move move to Ireland. So we moved to um, this little town called Portadown, 
which is <laughs> sort of synonymous with uh, with anyone who served sort of kind of between 94 and 99 because of the, the riots at, at Drum Cree. And obviously I'm, I was a Catholic, but I am what was. I don't really believe in religion and I don't believe in God. So I was a Catholic or brought up a Catholic. So I went to a Catholic school. The Catholic school is at the time was Drumcree High. They've changed the name of it now. <laughs> Surprising. And and that's where I that's where I grew up. So from the ages of sort of six to fourteen, I lived in, in Portadown in Northern Ireland. Um as a you know, Irish Catholic who pretty much was brought up not by my mum, but by people on the on the estate, as it were. Um <laughs> And anyway, anyone who served there will know the estate, um, Churchill Park, and and then Ballyorn Park. Um, that you don't, you know, you're not meant to like soldiers. But I think, I think, from seeing them, from seeing soldiers so much as much as I did, and you'd see them every day going to and from school. You'd be stopped at checkpoints, um, VCPs, obviously. <laughs> Now that I know what they're called, they were just checkpoints back in the day. Um, you'd see helicopters. You'd see the different cat badges. Not that I knew that, what any of it meant, but I, I kind of knew from quite an early age, I'd say eight, that I wanted to be I wanted to be a soldier. That's what I wanted to be. Although everyone around me didn't didn't like that idea. Didn't you know? Or it was certainly not something that they would have done. Um, and I'm not aware of anyone from that area who um, who did join the military. Not that they would be screaming and shouting about it anyway, <laughs> especially if they still live there. <laughs> and and that's what made me wanna wanna join the you know join the army. And I can remember going hill walking or, or you know climbing up mountains in South Armagh. So you'd be climbing up. You know, Sleeve Gullion, which is the most prominent feature in South Armagh, and you'd be able to see all the, the Romeo Towers, you know, off in the distance because it was still, you know, this was the, you know, the end of the eighties, the start of the nineties. It was still happening there, you know. There was still plenty going on. Um. So that's that's probably why I joined. That's probably why I joined the army was from seeing soldiers so much, and I, you know. I didn't buy into this. Everyone's, a, you know, the bastards that everyone else seemed to fucking buy into, <laughs> especially on that side of the fence. And it was, you know, what's obviously strange is years later, I end up patrolling, you know, patrolling the, the same streets that I grew up on. <laughs> so we were in um, Banbridge Police Station and we were going from Banbridge over to uh, Portadown and then, you know, to Dungannon because we were, we were mainly based out of Dungannon, but we were, we were patrolling all over the place. Um, we, were, we were meant to be the East Tyrone Battalion, but we were, you know, it, it never seemed to work out that way. Although the first month we were in Clogger, then we were all over the place. And, um, and I was in Recky Platoon at the time. Anyway, we were on the way from Banbridge to Port, you know, Banbridge to Portadown and over to uh, Dungannon, but we broke down <laughs> in between. So one of the snatches broke down. So it was like, well, let's just tow it to the nearest sort of camp. And uh, well, I knew where the nearest camp was because obviously I'd been there. So I knew it was it was Mahan Barracks in in Portadown, and and you know, the, the boss at the time. Um, he was aware that I sort of knew the area and, you know, from top cover was sort of shouting left and right, right here, left there. <laughs> and we towed the vehicle all the way to Man Barracks. Nice. So uh, sometimes that local knowledge helps. Well, can't make things any worse. No, no. <laughs> it was, you know, it was the same when we were doing the riots, uh, when we did White Rock. You know, I was team commander uh, and bat and gunner, but when we were doing the no negotiations, I was sent forward with a, you know, an officer and a sergeant because I had a better understanding of 
you know, what they were trying, what was going on. And plus, I could understand because I understand them a lot better, I think. Because <laughs> obviously, I can still. I know it's not. I know it's English. I know it's the same language, but it's fucking not sometimes. <laughs> so I can obviously still put on an Irish accent. A bit of a twang. Yeah, I've still got a bit of a twang when I need to have it. You know? Um, and obviously, Mary's from Dublin, and that bit of a twang came in handy when I was in sort of Belfast train station going to going down to Dublin and things like that. So, yeah, but obviously, as a child, you know, hill walking round round South Armagh, round there uh, down um, Newcastle area. And anyone who's been to Ballykinley will know um, Newcastle. It's like a seaside town. Um, walking up um, Sleeve Donald. Donard there. Um, yeah, that was my um, that was my sort of childhood in Northern Ireland. Sounds magical. <laughs> to be honest, it's not. It wasn't. It wasn't the worst. What what was the worst was being being from um, Derbyshire. So we're having a, like a Derbyshire accent, which is very English. Like it's a very English accent, isn't it? Like. You could, it, it's not, you can't disguise it as anything other than you are English. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? When you call everyone duck, all right, duck, you know? And um, when I got, when I, when I joined school, I, and I joined in like year, year four, so quite young. But even then, the kids hated me just because I was English. They, they didn't know me or in my background, but they heard, heard my accent. They're like, we hate you because you're English. You know what I mean? And I was like, well, my mum and dad are Irish, and they were like, we don't care. You're English. We fucking hate you. That could, that, that, that could be another reason to join the army. I was like, fuck you. Not bad. <laughs> I'm, you know, one time I run away, I was like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going back to England. <laughs> and uh, God, I must have been about 11 at the time, maybe 10. And I just one night decided, that's it. I'm on my toes, and off I went. I think I got about 12, 12 miles and it got dark and it shit myself and knocked on someone's <laughs> door and asked if I could ring my mum. <laughs> you come and got me. And, and you know, was upset as in, you know, thank God you're all right, upset, not get here while I beat you with this, you know, slipper, upset. <laughs> and that's another thing that doesn't happen to kids these days. Yeah. They don't get a slap. Whereas, you know, I had a, I had a mum who'd hit me in syllables, you know. You little bastard! Hey, fuck, I kill you! <laughs> bloody fast hands. Yeah. Uh, I used to try and make it to the uh, make it to the bathroom and lock the door before she, you know, before she got hold of me. But then she'd just come through the bathroom door, <laughs> you know, the bolt would come flying off, and she still get hold of me. And I always remember when, you know, around the twelfth of July, when the riots were going on and stuff like that, and everyone's, you know. The, the older people on the estate are making you collect up milk bottles and you just think it's a fun game and you don't really know what it's for. <laughs> and um, they're stockpiling you know, stones behind garages and stuff. And you're just doing it because you're a kid and everyone else is doing it. And uh, my mum would always find a sort of excuse to ground me, you know, when, 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 you know, when the riots were going to happen, when she, you, know, you felt the tension in the air or whatever, you know, it would be like, you're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, look at the state of your room. You're like, you're grounded. Right? And you'd be like, but it's been like this for months. <laughs> why am I? I been like this since last year. Why can't I? Why can't I go and riot? You know. But she always sort of kept me away from it. But we still had, you know, we still had one of the bomb, biggest bombs in the history of troubles parked at the top of Houston State because it got it got chased and they, you know they drove it into the state to, to get away. Um, it obviously wasn't meant for that for that estate. Uh, it was meant for the town centre, and, and houses got evacuated. You know, you'd, and you'd see soldiers all the time. Uh, I can distinctly remember seeing Paris a lot, um, and it was because of their marine berries that it, they they stood out because they'd always wear them. You know what I mean? They wouldn't. A lot of people, went, a lot of troops, when they come through the estate, would wear their helmets, but they wouldn't. They'd always have you know their marine berries on. You know, which. Made them, you know, target. Yeah. So it was a, you know, it was a, it, unique. It's not unique to anyone who grew up out there. It was just the norm, and it was just the norm to me when I was when I was younger. 
it was it wasn't until I got older and joined the you know joined the military that I realised that oh that's a bit of a different childhood and it's even different than how that I'm that I'm doing this you know yeah both sides I'm on the receiving end of this you know <laughs> yeah it's just crazy crazy times and I, and I wouldn't want to you know uh, obviously. Mary's Irish and we could move back to Dublin and you know we moved here from Dublin but I wouldn't want to move the kids at this age you know because this is you know Darby Rose is the age that I pretty much was when I moved over there and I, yeah, I had my friends you know I had my friends in England and to be lifted out of that and, and put in it you know and my mum had to do what she had to do at the time you know that, that it would I, I don't blame her for it she had to do it but I, I wouldn't do it to mind knowing you know how I felt about it. However, on the other when I'm coming back from when we moved back from Ireland, so I wanted to join the military. Um, my mum knew it wouldn't have been a good idea for me to do it. Do it from over there. <laughs> uh, so we moved, you know, we moved back to the UK, and it was a completely different sort of reception. If you know what I mean. When when we come back. It was, you know, we went to, I went to a Catholic school and most of them were of Irish descent, the kids. Now, they'd ask you stupid questions like, do you know my Auntie Mary from Cork? And I'd be like, no, because that was 400 <laughs> miles away, you know? Or do you know my auntie who lives in Galway and stuff like that? But you, it, you seem more welcomed than you did when you, when you go the other way. <laughs> Just the way it is. Just the way it is. But uh, yeah, Drunkery High was the uh, was the school of hard knocks. It really was. Like, I think in first year, first year, this lad swung me around the hard, hit me off a curb, I broke my arm. You know, nice lad. Nice lad. Yeah, yeah. Well, just for being English. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty yeah. much. And uh, you know, my accent had probably changed at that point, but everyone knew I was, the, you know, I was the English kid. But it probably made me a little bit more punchy when I got back to, you know, when I got back to England. So I come back to England when I was sort of 14, 15. Um, yeah, I was far more willing to start throwing punches because that's what I was used to, you know. So if anyone kicked off on the playground, it was like, look, well, we're having it. <laughs> it's on. Yeah, yeah. I think it was in the principal's office in the first week, like three times, for, for fighting. So just just the way it was, you know. <laughs> and, and I think... One of the saving graces was sports. I, I did. Um, I played Gaelic football for the for the school, and that was because I did that. So the people sort of left me alone because I was on the Gaelic football team. <laughs> you know, and I went and I went from a school with you know thousands in it to a school with like three hundred and sixty as well. So it was a small school. Everyone sort of knew everyone. <laughs> so yeah, that was my childhood, Stewie. What about you? Growing up in sunny South Wales. It's literally the other side of the mountain. Yeah, as we look out my, you know, studio, kitchen, window, <laughs> you can see a, there's literally a mountain there. And uh, on the other side of it, where but, do you go up? A little village, Tritonis. And that is it. Pretty much climbed that mountain, got bikes, and then rode that mountain. And, oh, the other one, the other side, Redbury Mountain was another one. We didn't have any riots and stuff. Not even quite boring compared to your childhood life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we saw a fight at the local pub once. That was pretty gnarly, like. <laughs> but I, I would say more than than kids now, you'd have had freedom to roam. Like there is oh. literally a, a forest and a mountain beside our house that I would be cautious about letting my kids go and play up there without. So an adult or an old, you know, a teenager or someone going with them. Whereas when we were kids. No, oh, it's just gone, isn't it? Lights on, come back in. You're yeah. just gone all day. Yeah, come back when you're hungry. Yeah. And, and you, you were usually filthy as well. Sounds you know? crazy, but no mobile phones. Yeah, yeah. No Wi-Fi. <laughs> you could always find your way home. Yeah. You could remember, you could remember your house number off by art. So, you know, if you had 10p for a phone box yeah. to say I'm, oh, I'm, I'm here, oh, I'm at such and such's house, you know, do I have to come home? Which was the answer was, the fact that you were ringing to ask probably meant yes. <laughs> <laughs> you knew you should have been. Yeah. 
I still remember the house phone number now. Yeesh. Oh, there. Insane. 2-0-0 Atari or something like that you know it, there was wooden ones it's insane yeah, yeah the, what a game but you know uh, and they were the they were the height of of gaming back in the day yeah what's it 2600 yeah 2600 that's Woody. the one yeah <laughs> absolutely amazing and we didn't even have one you know I had to go to Auntie Bridie's house to play on it because she had one I don't know why she had one because she was old <laughs> But probably to keep us out of her hair when she was looking after us. Yeah. They went out to all the other stuff in, didn't they? Like the Mega Drive and the Master System. Well, only the rich kids had them, mate. We were skint. <laughs> <laughs> I go around other people's houses and play them. Yeah. We had a Mega Drive. What we, what we did have in Northern Ireland, which you didn't have over here, was two extra channels. So we got the channels from, from the south. So we got RTE1 and Network 2. So we had two, two extra channels on our telly. Living the dream. Good times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I didn't get Sky. I didn't. I, I never had Sky when I was a kid. I didn't get Sky till I was paying for it. You know, and things like just. It was unnecessary in our house because no one was ever in. We were always out. You know, me, and my sisters, and my younger brothers. We we'd just play out. We wouldn't need to be. We wouldn't need to be in. I always wanted to be out. I didn't want to be in the house. Two younger sisters. Who wants to be in your house with two younger sisters? You're going to marry one of them. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, tell you what, we've done we've done nearly thirty minutes and talking about childhood. That's a good time. Yeah, I didn't talk about them all day. Yeah, call balls. It's all your fault. People have to listen about my childhood now. Let's move on to uh, veteran news. So, in the news this week, due to coronavirus, they're planning on cutting some of the uh, yeoman wardens at the Tower of London, nicknamed the Beef Eaters. Mental. Which is... Which is... How? How can you do that? That's... They need to be there. That's their that's their iconic, job. That's their job. Yeah. They're iconic, isn't they? It's it's one of the things tourists come and see. It, you know, you go to London, you want to go to Tower London, you want to get your picture taken with a beef eater. You know, or yeah. you want to go to Buckingham in Paris and you want to try and get a picture of the guard there, or you want to see something on horse guards. But certainly for for military, but but I know that like when Americans come over, that's what they, that's what they go to yeah. see. So you can't start cutting. Beefy is because what Tower of London is not making enough money at the moment. How do you cut the numbers though? Because there's literally like, what was it like 37? 37. So, what are you going to cut it by? You know, even if you cut it by 37, it's not a big dent as in big mega savings. Yeah. Really. I wonder how many are on duty at any one time. There's like six different sites that, so they, they, that they cover. I think so, yeah. And there's only 37 of them, like, a, yeah. like one platoon of them. <laughs> you know, to cover all them sites. Like the numbers are along the lines of something. Um, 
like a thousand, I think, um, tourists a day now, as opposed to like twelve thousand usually a day. So it's you know it's literally about money, then, isn't it? It's yeah. literally about we can't afford them because we're not getting enough tourists through the door. Well, pretty much furlough them then until the tourists come back, you know, or set up set it up so you know there's not. You know, you need to keep them. I'm, I'm angry about this. I'm angry. There's only 37. Yeah. You can't get rid of them, can you? It sounds like they're running on a budget anyhow. Like yeah. 37. Why 38? One of 40. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just. Why 37? So, here's a little bit of history. They've, they've been there since 1485. Since oh, Henry the Seventh, not even Henry Eighth, Henry the Seventh. That's oh, well, how. Then. That's how long. The, you know. Here's another little fact about so the uh, the drag the, the the Welsh flag with the dragon on. It was Henry the Seventh who brought that in. Did you know that? Because no. he was born in Pembroke. You know Pembroke Castle. Yeah. He got kidnapped and was brought up in Raglan Castle, not far from here. He escaped to France and come back with an army. And they had the their flag was the, the dragon, hmm. so that's where that's where that comes from. I know it used to be black with a yellow cross on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be the the traditional one, wouldn't it? Hmm. But um, yeah, that's where it comes from. Henry the Seventh. That could be. You know what? That could be completely wrong. And someone would be like, "The fuck is he talking about?" Yeah, yeah. we're just winging it. I've seen it in a book somewhere. I'm sure it was like Liam's, like a book he brought home from school. I bet if I, brought, I bet if we called him down, he'd be able to tell me the answer. We're not going to because it embarrasses me. Yeah, you know, because I'm probably wrong. And he's always right. Yeah, he is always <laughs> right. Always, always right. But yeah, the um, obviously the payroll. Co- what's the payroll cost for for thirty grand a year? Yeah, yeah, and they're all they're all they've all been warrant officers, at least warrant officers in the military. They've all done the twenty two years. Yeah. And, and you the, gotta and have the, like certain, um, uh, you gotta have like a couple of medals, i.e., uh, long service and there's uh, another one. Long service, good conduct. Good conduct, yeah. that's the one, yeah. They help. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're on like 30 grand a year and they get rid of, oh, do you know what I mean? Like two of them are put in for volunteers, like 60 grand you've saved a year. For the money they're fetching in, surely that's. <laughs> On you know honestly the must the money's there somewhere. Yeah. If there's been twelve thousand a day for the last how many years? Where's all that money? Yeah, you know what I mean. Since I tell you what, the place is full <laughs> of crown jewels. Sell one of the jewels to get past this you know this period. It's insane. Like I said, just furlough or something. Or... <laughs> right, imagine this would be a great movie, but imagine they all decided. That are, you know, they're getting made redundant. And they go, fuck it, let's just rob the jewels. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a movie, that's a movie in that. That's like rip off to the Italian job. Type yeah, thing, yeah, right? yeah. But it's, it's the actual beef eaters. It's the beef eater job. Like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially if they did it in, like, in minis or something like that. That would be, <laughs> be hilarious. Jags. <laughs> yeah. Land Rovers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be, cool. oh, be hilarious. There you go. Do a do a movie where the beef eaters rob rob the jewels and give them the money for their wages. There you go, job done. We've sorted out. We've sorted out the problems. Just like okay. anyone else got any economical problems? You know, we we've, <laughs> we've got you know we're bursting with ideas over here. Yeah. There is um. There's actually uh. What drew my attention to it is obviously seeing the news article and I was looking you know further into it. But there's a guy called Beefy Four O Nine. On Facebook, and he's doing like videos and stuff. And I don't know if he's always done these videos, but and it's just now that it's obviously come to attention or, or stuff like that. But um, the squirrels love him. He feeds the squirrels, so the squirrels will run up his arm and sit in his shoulder and stuff like that. He's like, "Oh, here's Cyril the squirrel." Cyril, <laughs> classic. I wonder if he calls the seagull Stephen. Yeah, no. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's worth. I've I've started following on Facebook. You know, you know if there's there's some way of, you know, yeah, I suppose we're raising awareness this way. If we, you know, if they need to put together like a GoFundMe to 
you know, keeping them going and stuff like that. What? <laughs> I um, just uh, Facebook said to them now. He's in his picnic table for the squirrels. He's made a picnic table for the squirrels. <laughs> I think someone sent it into him. He's like, I'm so happy to receive it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite a good Facebook page actually. It's worth it's worth a look. They've obviously, you know, um, they're obviously proud proud men, proud military men. You know, they're still cutting about in a uniform. That you know, they wear the medals of pride. I imagine they've got the shiniest boots. You know, there's no there's no messing with them. Um, they do, a, you know, they do a good job down at the the Tower of London. It's worth it's you know it's history. People, you know, keep on hearing about them eradicating history. I mean, this needs to we need to stop this. The on his on his Facebook page, he's got the uh, he's got like the ten the, the pic, little tiny picnic table with with some bottles of wine on it, and then the ravens from the Tower of London. I think that's what they're meant, yeah. they are. They're like crows or ravens. I think they're ravens from the Tower of London sat at the picnic table. That's brilliant. Just chilling. They, do they live in there? I think they do. I think they live on, on site as well. So where did they move to? Like, like you've got to reaccommodate these people then, you know? Ronnie and Reggie waiting to be joined by Cyril the Squirrel and Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, the ravens are called Ronnie and Reggie, which is which is class. Cyril the Squirrel. And Cyril the Squirrel. Uh, what else is going on? What else is going on 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 the book, on the Facebook? We've got we've got a sort of mention uh, mention, especially since we've been talking about kids and childhood and growing up. There's a guy, a military guy. Uh, Chris, his name is. I'm trying to find his second name, but uh, he's he's basically his, his daughter has an illness. He needs money for the treatment, and he's walking seven hundred miles. But not not just seven hundred miles. He's doing it barefoot. Because why not? Yeah. So I know we had uh, we had Chris Berman Day on last week, who who does these crazy challenges. You know, this is be the sort of thing that he would be into. But uh, it, it, obviously, to raise awareness, to raise money, he's got to go fund me. Uh, you've got a GoFundMe page, um, and it's uh, www. Oh, it's yeah, it's a justgive.com forward slash fundraiser barefoot across Britain is the uh, is the page that you know where you can give. I think he's was he certainly was after a hundred thousand. Let me I tell you what the best way to, to to find out is just let's just open it up and have a look. Let's get on. Yeah. Two hundred thousand. He two hundred thousand, and he's. He's um, uh, Chris Christopher Brannigan is the uh, is the guy. Um, he wants two hundred. You know, he wants two hundred thousand. He's ninety seven percent of the way there to get to get it. You know, to the, to help his daughter to get the seventy nine dude. What did I say? Ninety seven. Oh, sorry, seventy nine. <laughs> Number dyslexia. Oh. Um. It's obviously a registered charity and all that. Hope for Hasty, you know, Hasty's his daughter's name. I've I've seen I've seen videos and stuff. He's obviously getting great receptions wherever he goes, but his feet are in bits. Absolute, you know, right. they're shredded. They're absolutely shredded. So fair play to him, you know what I mean? And that, you know, I think we, we we'd all go to the ends of the earth for our kids. You know, I think we all. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. yeah, yeah. We all, we all, and not just argue. We do it for you know, if you know, if something was wrong with, um, you know, with your kids who obviously want nephews and nieces, and then I, you know, I, you go to the end of the earth, and but, and just this is this is what a father's love is. You know, he will do whatever he can to 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 help his daughter. Um. I'm trying to find out what day he's on. Mad, I'm just reading the story. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's the total cost of it is like four hundred thousand of the treatment that he needs. Yeah. So he's only yeah. Imagine you know it'd be amazing if he got to the four hundred thousand, but you know seven hundred miles or seven hundred miles. He started down at Lands End. I think he's finishing in Edinburgh. That's the plan. Eleven hours ago, it was day twenty-two. 
So day, he's on day 22, Wednesday, the 29th of July. He's on day 22 of, of the actual fundraiser. Um, he gets good crowds. I know when he went through sort of Bulford and uh, Tidworth, you know, we got drummed in and, and, and piped out and stuff like that, which is, you know, which is great. He's getting a lot of military support. Um, he's finishing today at uh, Newton-on-Trent. So he's, you know, he's right up. He's right up in the Midlands, and if he's, you know, in that area, awesome. But he's still got a long, long way to go, and his feet are in bits. He'd be on stumps by the time you, you know. Do you know what my my worry would be? Well, two things: one, glass, because the, you know, getting stuck in your foot and getting infected, but but slugs. <laughs> Like standing on a slug, <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> uh, especially if you've got open wounds in your feet. It's lovely. Oh, uh. um, so I'm going to keep on monitoring what he's doing. I've, I've you know, I've donated, I'll, you know, and I hope everyone else would sort of, you know, donate to it as well. He's, yeah, he, well, it's just it just shows you what a father's love is for for their children to you know put themselves through that, and he and he won't quit. He won't quit. I know he's been to A and E and everything already, and I think they've told him to. You yeah, know, yeah, and he's like, "Nah, I'm, I'm doing it." So fair, sort of fair play to him. As we're on, um, as we're on the book, Stewie, tell us about, uh, tell us about the uh, the mountain biking page. Well, we haven't really going. It's sort of going. Yeah, we're so, trying to get it going. Obviously, if you've listened to any of our podcasts before, you'll know that my thing is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Stewie's thing is mountain biking. So we've got a Facebook page for the podcast, uh, and thanks to everyone who's who's liked it so far. But we we want to start a page for the mountain biking community. So the and I don't even think it needs to be a veteran mountain biking community. Yeah. I think it just needs to be a mountain biking community, sort of best routes, you know, good locations, the little, not the little quirky ones that no one knows about, but hey, I know this, you know, I know this, yeah. you know, I don't know what, what, what they're called, but you know what they're called. I know this little route or this little track, trail, trail. I know this little trail, Um, you know, meet me here at this time, just a, a little group like that. So, if you're on my friends list on Facebook, stand by for an invite because yeah. I'm just going to invite everyone uh, and see if we can build up that community. And then if you are a veteran, you're into your mountain biking, post a, you know, post a picture, you know, of your, of your bike. Stewie loves that, <laughs> that short <laughs> shit. For me, it's just a bike, but for him, he'll know the make model, Tire size. I don't know about that, but he's it. He's into it. He's into it. You know, I'm no good at it, but I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not good at jiu jitsu, mate. But so I'm into those it. ones is like all the gear. No idea. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> just winging it. Yeah. Um. So if you're into the if you're into the mountain biking, we'll you know we'll build a little community. You know, the broken. So it's called the Broken Veteran. MTB, which is obviously mountain biking. <laughs> so the Broken Veteran MTB, it's on Facebook now. The only two people currently on there is me and Stewie, but I'll obviously invite the world uh, <laughs> on Saturday when this goes out. It's well worth. It's well worth just you know linking. You know if you're into biking, or if you're not, and it's something that you want to get into, link linking with Stewie on that page and. There's an op- there's opportunities there for for you you know it's meet up or if you want to know a good place to go if you want to you know facts about bike park Wales or you know anything that he can help you with the best you know recommend you know obviously has all the gear so we can recommend gear and and stuff like that and is there a certain product or or yeah. there's loads is there it's, yeah it's insane yeah. I'm not too cleared up on it, but the button, the people I ride with, are, yeah, yeah, well, well cleared up. Like. So you invite them, and they're on the page as well. So you know, if you've got questions about it, there'll be 
there'll be people there who will be able to answer their questions. That's well, that's what I can find out. That's yeah. what we're hoping for, anyway. That we we can build that up um, just together. But similar-minded people, I suppose, and you know, just up for the crack and just yeah, it gives the time to just go blow off steam. Yeah, and if you've got like a cool picture of you doing a massive jump, like the one I did, yeah. If you've got <laughs> a massive jump. <laughs> Not an inch off the ground. If you've got a cool picture of someone doing a massive <laughs> or a video, uh, shout out actually. We'll give a shout out to Sarah Thomas. Who, um, who oh, we, that was awesome. Who yeah. we know, uh, who's a mountain biker um, <laughs> girl. And she, you know, she went down this like wooden ramp thing and then down, oh my God. I, I wouldn't be doing it. And then just off it. Yeah, yeah, just off the end of this like ramp, boom, straight down, no problem. Yeah, it was. It was not. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to tell her. I'll give her a shout out now. Um. So yeah, if you've got any cool videos of doing some cool shit, they put that ramp in to obviously build the confidence on it. Yeah, and be well. I'd imagine they'll take it out now, and then the drops at least six, seven foot. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. So um, we'll throw some videos of the the, uh, the Red Bull stuff as well because that's, well, that's just the, helmet, the helmet cams and stuff. That's just insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to watch, though. It's not if you're afraid of heights, it's not, but it's good to, it's good to watch otherwise. Yeah, it's that's just mental. So we'll build that up, you know, that group. Um, if you want to know about jiu-jitsu, then just, you know, you can ask, you can ask me. The gym should be open. The gyms in the UK are already open. Uh, they're already going back. Uh, the gyms in Wales should be opening in the next sort of three weeks. So you know, we'll get back to uh, sort of full time, full time in jujitsu, and because because uh, I'm fat, because <laughs> I'm fat. I thought uh, weight was good in there. What? I thought weight was good for that. Weight. Yeah, yeah. If you can move it round, it is. You know what I mean? That's a bit you struggle with. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's the bit I'm struggling with. Um, I'll give a shout out to Reorg BJJ, which is a Royal Marine uh, charity who uses Brazilian, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for veterans and stuff like that. They're great. They're great guys um, down there. They've got some really cool gear. You know, they've got some really cool hoodies and and geese and, and you know when you're, when you're into the gear, you're into the gear. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they've got some they've got some cool stuff made by Tatami, which is most of the, uh, in fact, I don't think they've got anything other than tatami sort of rash guards and geese and shorts and stuff, t-shirts. That's generally what I wear is the tatami stuff. Um, there is obviously other makes out there, but that mm. seems to be the the, the one of choice. Yeah, for me. But they do a they, they do a khaki one, so I've got a khaki. Because, keen. Yeah, because I'm keen and it's great. Wrecked soon, isn't it? <laughs> And so I can hide in the gym. <laughs> can you, though? No. <laughs> no. Um, I will give a shout-out to the Frontline Support. Them, uh, the guys over there, based in the Northwest, they are mainly ex-Chessers and, and Mercians, but they've been raising money and they've been helping veterans Um They've, you know, it's only they've only been going a few weeks and they've already sort of squared away a couple of a couple of the lads. Um, they're doing it through sport, mainly through boxing. Um, they, 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 they're getting a, a gym to help them out. Uh, hopefully, one of them will come on next week and talk about what they're doing and how they're doing it. We're not even going to invite Colin to uh, to come on. We'll get we'll get a you know a positive some positives from the the guys that. Project Frontline Support and, and what they're doing. I know one of the lads is still serving. He's a warrant officer. Um, he's and he's out in Omanta and he's still pushing it, doing what he can to support the the other two guys are veterans. Um, and then they've, they've obviously raised money. They're, they're helping out uh, the veteran community in the area. They want it to to expand. Yeah, and I think with the sort of drive and passion that I've seen from them, that that will that will come about, and hopefully one of them will be on next week. More chance of them than Colin. A hundred percent more chance than 
Don't call him. Because <laughs> he's not even getting invited. <laughs> yeah, that You know what will happen? You blew it. You know what will happen you know, next week when we're recording this? He'll just rock up. Yeah, just waltz in. Be like, he'll be like, I thought it was this week. <laughs> and that's why you didn't make it in the recce platoon and I had to go to tanks, Cole. <laughs> Burn. You need to be keen for this. Burn. Anything else, Stu? Anything else going on? No, I think so. We're good. That was not a bad one, considering it was off the cuff. Yeah, no. We had nothing to really... I'd like to think that was one of our better ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they're all good. Yeah. If this is the first time you've listened, go back and listen to all. You can skip the first one. The first one's terrible. I have that music over it as can well. Can go from, like, number four, is it? Yeah. Would I jump in number four? <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we're at. If you if you want a shout-out, if you want your charity um, project, uh, fundraiser, whatever, you know, if you want a shout-out on it, if you've got any hints, tips, you know, you can follow us on most of the social media now. So we're on Facebook with the Broken Veteran Podcast and the now the Broken Veteran B the Broken Veteran MTB uh, Mountain Bike Group. We're on Instagram, uh, the Broken Veteran. We're on YouTube. I'm hopefully going to start making a few videos. I need to, um, yeah. I think I'm going to start making some videos. Get a camcorder. Well, <laughs> let's do it on my, on my phone. But now I've got, I have got some stuff there that I could, you know, some equipment that I can do it with. So maybe we'll start making a few videos. I know um, when I done Penny Fan, uh, a friend of mine says he wants to do it. He wants to take his drone up there. So, you know, get some tools. Like yours. Yeah. It's a sick drone as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you reckon you could come down that on your bike? I don't know if I could keep up with that drone. <laughs> That'd be a cool video. Even if yeah. you crash, it'll be a cool video. That'd be, that's the only way it's going to be cool, is if I crash. Yeah. I'm going to make it look good. Um, I so crash most of the time. So we'll, we'll start putting stuff on the YouTube channel, uh, I think. What's going on? Maybe a, maybe even a vlog. Ooh. Ooh, Ooh. Pushing out there. If we, um, if we ever do start, you know bringing in some cash, I think uh, we might start recording this and put it on YouTube as well, which will be um, which will be interesting. You see how grey and old we are. <laughs> That's why we black and white all the pictures. We're trading secrets. But follow us and all them. You know, we appreciate everyone who's listening, everyone who comments, everyone who says That's a good, that was a good one. We even appreciate the people who said that was a bad one. You know what I mean? <laughs> Lisa... At least you're engaging. Taking time out of your day. Yeah. But uh, thanks for listening. And we hope as long as, you know, the grass keeps going. It's 2020. We might not be back next week. But, uh, <laughs> you know, if we don't see you through the week, we'll see you through the window. Mm. Hey. Right. Good night. Good morning, actually, because this is going on a Saturday morning. Yeah. See you later.